Welcome to Struggle Session. I am Leslie Lee III. Today, I am joined by special guest Aaron Barnhart to guide you through streaming TV. We talk about it on Struggle Session all the time. What is there to watch? We did a whole episode, in fact, one time where we just sat and tried to find something good on Netflix. No more. Primetimer Guide to Streaming TV out now. We have the writer and editor of this massive guide to help you find something good to watch on streaming TV. From the Prime Timer. Aaron, tell me about the Prime Timer's Guide to Streaming. You know, I was in the TV business probably, I, I have no idea how old you are, Leslie, but I'm, I've um, I'm, uh, got into this 30 years ago. And I got into it through this thing called an email newsletter. I know that's fallen completely out of fashion now, but no. Um, it's kind of come back with Substack. It's kind of like Patreon 2.0, right? Because it it, re it really allows you to super serve the people who are your best uh, best uh, listeners, and um, but it also presents this really neat, clean newsletter format that I would have killed for back in the 1990s. Uh, but but that's how I got off the ground, and then uh, I got into mainstream journalism. I was a newspaper TV critic in Kansas City for 15 years. And then I got out of it because I kind of thought I'd done all I needed to do and said all I wanted to say about television. And then streaming happened. And suddenly TV just exploded and really took over for the movies in all but the, in all but the genre stuff, you know, the big blockbusters, uh, which obviously are not to be sneezed at. But so much of what used to be old Hollywood, the, the, the kind of those independent filmmakers and, and even, you know, mid-budget films, those have all gone over to streaming TV. And so when I came back to television, it was with Primetimer and it was with the goal to sort of sift through all of this, just this unending spigot of content and make it comprehensible to people because I just discovered that there's just a lot of frustration and pain among people who couldn't figure out what to watch next because there was just so much on. Yeah, and this is, you know, part of what we do on Struggle Sessions, try to curate stuff for the audience. And that's what I liked about your book, which I, I skimmed through and looked at and read and found stuff like, yes, this is a real handy guide and really up to date too, shockingly enough. Like you were mentioning stuff that's out like very, like like right now, it, uh, you you were able to catch it, uh, get it in there. Yeah, I was kind of proud that we got the... Um human resources which is like the uh the follow-on to big mouth we didn't we weren't able to review it but we were able to like at the last minute kind of get a mention in human resources and you'll find little nuggets like that look it's a challenge putting out a printed book or an ebook but we just felt like this was what we needed to do to help people sort through this stuff because there's so many shows you can recommend out there so many good shows but curating it that's the key word right curating, sorting it, organizing it, helping people understand, you know, if you like very British dramas, here's some more you can watch. If you liked Ozark, here are six other shows you can watch. That kind of thing. And 
we felt the best way to do that was to press it between two covers of book because that's the kind of guy that we grew up with, the Leonard Moulton and the Roger Ebert and the Video Hound guides. Um, and back then, those were guides to movies. Uh, but we just felt it was time to do one of those guides for streaming TV shows. Yeah, we are at a point where even where most of the content in in the book is stuff that is original to streaming, at least a significant portion of it. I feel like you couldn't do this book, you know, a few years ago. There just wasn't enough stuff, enough good stuff. But now that they've kind of taken over the market now, like there is a t so much content. But how you sift through it, I, I often make a joke that and people always find this is true, that go. I tell them, go look up their your favorite character actor you know you're or maybe even your favorite mm -hmm. actor maybe even if maybe not the top like, like a sarah Let's, paulson go to the, you know yeah it, go yeah yeah go to their imdb i bet you they have a streaming tv show you've never heard of absolutely it is just amazing like you know norbert leo butts or we have a 24 page index so i'm cheating here or a laura dern or giancarlo esposito of course we all know what giancarlo's doing now he's kind of like that guy now in movies, Christina Hendricks, the list goes on. There are so many people out there that are doing streaming video because there's so much content. And, you know, when we launched Primetimer, there were basically three big streaming guides. This was only three years ago. <laughs> there was Netflix, there was Hulu, and there was Prime Video. And that was it. And now we have a big nine. It's just become a big eight because Warner uh, merged uh, HBO Max and Discovery. I mean, they're two separate channels for now, but they will be coming together. Uh, but think about just what it would mean to go from three behemoths to eight in a matter of three years. It's just it's been uh, really a staggering amount of content that's just been generated, which is why, as you noted, we've really tried to focus just in the last five or six years of of, of streaming video and to sort that all out for people for one show like i i really cannot believe people didn't go crazy for especially when at the moment it came out because she was about the hottest actress in hollywood naomi watts's gypsy on netflix oh yeah came out i thought it was pretty interesting my partner didn't like it as much i thought it was pretty interesting at least an interesting start comes out no one talks about it gets canceled i i, I could not believe it the reality is, is that netflix um built its network it's and it's on on volume on putting out a lot of shows and doing these one and done seasons uh shows that really showed a lot of promise um gypsy uh, the irregulars uh i you know you we could probably make a a fairly long list very shortly of shows that people actually like and netflix kept on the air for just a handful of episodes but I think the news about Netflix having a decline in subscribers for the first time in a decade and their stock losing, what was it, 35% of its value, something like $50 billion of value evaporated, which is just kind of like staggering. Um, that's, that's bigger than Elon Musk's bid for Twitter. I mean, just this enormous amount of, of value disappeared. And now Netflix is kind of like forced to – grapple with the fact that they were throwing money around like a drunken sailor and they felt they could afford to cut loose these shows that were actually well received instead of doing the hard work of developing promising shows into second third and fourth and fifth seasons yes uh, which it wouldn't do with most of those shows i'll bet 
going forward, Leslie, they're going to be doing that more often because that's really how you make money in the TV business, the old-fashioned way. You generate franchises, and then you bring them back every year, and you bring that audience back that's looking forward to the next season. Yeah, so let's talk about some of these established, you know, franchises and where that people might have, you know, watched on earlier before the streaming era era and what they can find new that, you know, might fill that gap. So the number one thing I think people are looking for, and I think the streaming companies have been looking for is a new Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so we all know what uh, Prime Video uh, is trying. I actually think that, that they are active on several fronts um, trying to develop these these large fantasies. Every every fantasy author, living or dead, is, is seeing their work um, uh, go through bidding wars because uh, people want to do that. They want to have these big sprawling casts. They want to have the 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 multi episodes, the the weird features like the you know the unique languages and stuff like that. Th that kind of immersive drama you're going to see. I'm seeing develop both. Um, I, I think Pachinko on Apple TV Plus is a good example of one of those shows where it could go really deep and apple tv has shown that unlike netflix they are willing to invest in a program really spend money to make it a multi-season hit even something yeah that you know yeah uh my partner was watching for all, all mankind oh, yeah. and like i wasn't interested in, in the first season really at all but then when it gets later on i'm like okay maybe i need to sit down and watch this yes yes but that's you know that's what ronald moore did on his on, on basically every show he's worked on in the past, of course, we think of Battlestar. Uh, but that can, can only happen when a network shows faith in it. Um, I would say that, that Prime Video is probably the, the, the next network I would think of in that regard. Uh, Disney Plus might be a little limited in, sim simply because if it's going to develop that kind of thing, it, 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 it really needs to stay in kind of the family arena. And, um, the, the, you know, I used to say that Disney Plus would never have a TV MA show uh, for, for adults. I'm, I'm now walking that back a little bit. I, I think it's possible you will see Disney Plus and Hulu forge some kind of uh, merger or they'll start to share content. And it won't be so important that everything on Disney Plus be uh, acceptable to kid, you know, to eight year olds. But uh, I would say that the three companies that are going to keep trying to get that next Game of Thrones are uh, Netflix and Hulu, Disney Plus, and, and Apple TV. HBO Max, it's just, you know, it, it, they, they haven't had a lot of success in that space since Game of Thrones. Um, with the exception of, um, oh, I'm trying to remember which, what's the ones, the man and woman robot on the, um, on, on the planet raising the Raised, oh, raised by wolves. Raised by wolves. Thank you. Um, so that that's probably the closest that they have to to something like that, and that's another show that has really taken a new turn in subsequent seasons. Um, but that would that would those would be kind of like my most likely candidates. Yeah. What do you, What do you think of something like The Witcher? I actually end up really liking. Uh, the show. I'm a fan of the video games, fan of the books, and I think it is another show that's gotten a little bit better. And I'm excited for the third season. It seems like Netflix 
is committed to this one yeah. and even like the witcher franchise with the anime tie-ins and the um prequel series coming out i think the only issue with the witcher is what does it want to be does it want to be kind of a campy show or does it want to be a more serious show and i i agree with you season three will be the indicator of that because of henry's uh character being kind of like um he always, it always feels a little bit like he's um, aware he's being watched. Uh, it, I know it, it has a kind of a self-aware tone, like uh, like like Zena did, and it yes, has, it does. And it has kind of that almost that bodice ripping uh, uh, um, vibe of Outlander. So oh, it, absolutely, it's supposed that's part of the yeah the mixture of uh, Witcher. Yeah, I, that's why I like about it. I actually don't like it when it get the show as much. When it gets um, too dour, I like it when it gets like horror, like horror, like violent and stuff. I like the horror elements, but the serious drama doesn't always win it for me. Yeah, so I think that that's a fine line to walk. And let's face it, you know, Game of Thrones in the end became its own creature, and in a in a sense, it didn't end well uh, for Game of Thrones yes. being its own creature. So maybe something tacking back to a little bit more of a crowd pleasing vibe will will serve The Witcher well. But again, this is a test of you know, it just feels like there's a whole different department of Netflix taking care of Stranger Things and The Witcher and, for that matter, Grace and Frankie. And then over here, you've got these people who are just throwing stuff up in the, against the wall to see if it sticks. It's it's kind of a weird way to run a network. My favorite shows are mostly kind of like the conventional uh, uh, dramas. But when you start to add them up, it's kind of funny. I mean, some of these uh, ha have, in fact, kind of like passed under the radar. They were they made everybody's top ten list kind of like the year they came out, and then they were forgotten again. Uh, I think, for instance, of um, uh, well, I still think the the leftovers, um, just because if you didn't make it to the end, very very end of it, you kind of missed one of the most remarkable closing seasons in in TV history. Um, a little more recently, I would say if you haven't gotten into Evil yet. That's such a okay. such an unusual show. I've watched I've watched it and I've recommended it. My partner again found this show. I'm like, this is a lot weirder and more interesting than I would expect from CBS. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh moving over to Paramount Plus was a big uh shot in the arm for them because it just allowed them to I don't know, I want to say do a little more fan service. The thing about doing a show on the CBS network is you kind of have to stay in a lane and that lane it includes serving all people who CBS want watching some of their other franchises as well, uh, mm. the NCISs and whatnot. And, yeah, and, yeah, that you know yeah, they, they added like a lot more swearing too. I yeah. noticed in this crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think swearing necessarily works for everything. Like I think Peacock is taking NBC comedies and dropping in a lot of f bombs and slapping a TVMA on it. And I don't necessarily think that that actually works for everything. If Snoop Dogg is in charge of your show, that's one thing. But if you've got basically SNL characters, I think they need to be true to the sort of the TV 14 uh, ethic that they came in. So anyway, that, that's, that's uh, evil, I think, is, is kind of like one little uh, hidden thing. The, the big business in drama, though, lately hasn't been series. It's been limited series. And there have been so many of them. I mean, we've got in our in our guide, we've got uh, I think we've got probably 30 of them in, in sort of our top of the list. And I don't even know where to begin with them. But I always love like historical dramas like Ethan Hawke and the Good Lord Bird. Uh, 
And I love that because that was a passion project for him, Jim McBride, James McBride's National Book Award winning novel about John Brown was a very yeah. squirrely thing to no one would ever turn that thing into a movie. But Ethan Hawke envisioned it as a multi-part uh, miniseries, and I thought it really uh, paid off. I think right now people, if they haven't gone back and watched Chernobyl on HBO Max, boy, oh boy, has – I mean, first of all, it was a fabulous show to begin with, but it really – resonates right now with what's going on in the world. So if you're looking for a good uh, retro watch, uh, Chernobyl on, on, on HBO Max, um, I would say that uh, on Netflix, a uh, show that, that I think gets passed over a little bit uh, is Made, uh, which um, is part of this whole category of shows that are based on nonfiction uh, accounts uh, that also include Nomadland, and dope sick and the um what's the one about elizabeth holmes the the dropout uh these are all fictional adaptations dramatic adaptations that actually really did justice to the nonfiction uh book made is about uh, a young woman who's trying to get out of a really abusive relationship and she finds herself you know having to start clean with with cleaning toilets uh it, it's it's really a remarkable um show and the other thing that's happened that's been the real revelation in the streaming era is all of this foreign content now that mm. was so hard to watch. I remember trying to watch Life on Mars uh, from the UK when it came out in the mid-aughts. And it was just – people said, you got to watch Life on Mars. I'm like, how do I get it? Because you can't watch British television in America. Um, you, that is not a problem anymore. There's so many things. So like – I know I fell in love with Babylon Berlin, the Netflix uh, series, oh, most, yes. e most expensive show in German TV history. Um, people, you know, Netflix really specializes in this. But, you know, Hulu with the with the Deutschland shows, Deutschland 83, 86, 89, again, kind of a relevant series and really interesting. And uh, the, what's the one with J.K. Simmons and J.K. Simmons in it? Never got so much as a whiff of Emmy nomination. I thought that was one of his. Oh, I think it's called Counterpart. Maybe? Counterpart, yes, that was one of the best, uh, one of the best uh, uh, performances in a show that I feel like really never got its its due from the Academy. But then again, I remind myself as a long-serving television critic, neither neither did The Wire. So you know, just because it doesn't get awards doesn't mean it isn't uh, awesome. All right. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. Tell people one more time where they can find the book and where they can find you. The Primetimer Guide to Streaming TV. Uh, it's actually dropping May 3rd uh, everywhere you buy or order books. And uh, it's, uh, it's a big, fat 432-page guide to uh, everything, uh, including if you're shy about cord cutting, we've got really the ultimate cord cutting guide. Uh, we'll get you over in this streaming land in no time yeah i do want to mention this is good like i got a lot of out of it because it's a good index of like shows and stuff but like if you need to get your parents going on their roku yep this is pretty good too this is very useful for that well aaron thank you so much folks thank you so much for listening be sure to like and subscribe check out the bonus episodes on sesh.plus patreon.com slash struggle session or struggle session.substack.com playing this out here's ganser with a brand new track people watching
like what you hear, want to hear more, check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.